the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. Of Welcome and thanks for once again tuning in this week to a brand new episode here at Sake On Air. It is the world's very first podcast dedicated entirely to expanding the dialogue surrounding Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Justin Potts, and I'm one of your rotating hosts here on the show. And this week, we're actually kicking off a brand new mini-series looking at sake or shochu-specific terminology in a little bit of a new way. Up until now, occasionally, we've hosted in-depth discussions that focus on really specific topics that are unique to sake or shochu making, service, or experiences, where we'd round up our hosts or a team of specialists and attempt to unravel the exciting and essential topics related to our favorite drink categories. Based on what many of our listeners had told us, more often than not, it seems that these types of shows have often been our most popular, and they're definitely our most requested show format. It turns out, people like this stuff. So this kind of got us to thinking that maybe there's a way for us to explore these really important terminology in a manner that's both a little bit more concise while also maintaining and valuing the range of perspectives that we really value here on the show. Our response to that this week is this brand new, we'll call it a mini-series, that we like to call On Your Own Terms, where one of our hosts invites a special guest who is proactively working or engaged in the world of sake or shochu, and we ask them to introduce a very specific piece of vocabulary that they feel is particularly significant or close to their heart in a way that is delivered to us on their own terms. Understanding What a particular term means is obviously very important, but also understanding and appreciating an individual's appreciation for that theme or topic is, we think, really equally important. Here at Sake on Air, while we certainly do our best to try and provide answers, more than anything, we really want to help offer new perspectives. That way, sake lovers and all of our lovely listeners can hopefully enjoy sake not only in the way that they were taught or that they were informed, but also freely and enjoyably in a manner that's comfortable and, again, on their own terms. So for this first iteration of the show, we welcome back uh, Mr. George Navarrete, who is a brewer and sales manager and kind of an all-in-one sake powerhouse over at Matsui Shuzo, the makers of Kagura, uh, located in the heart of Kyoto. George's terminology of choice this week is Nama, and being a brewery that has really doubled down on Nama as a real core component of their main product line, he and the team there at Matsui Shusei are certainly in a great position to not only define, but also offer a perspective on what it means to both brew, sell, and then enjoy Nama Sake, especially as more and more sake drinkers' curiosity is really being piqued um, by this unpasteurized sake concept. For this series, we'll be coming at you pretty rapid fire over the next several weeks, trying to examine really what this show format should look like here in the world of sake on air. So please do uh, reach out to us and let us know what you think. But uh, while you're waiting for the upcoming episodes, sit back and enjoy this exploration into the world of Nama on your own terms.
and I am really, really excited to welcome back to the show, as he has indeed been on here before, um, but I'm really excited to have uh, Mr. George Navarrete uh, from Matsui Shuzo, makers of Kagura uh, brand sake uh, out there in Kyoto. Uh, George is a kurabito, a brewer who wears many hats, as those who might know, uh, Matsui Shuzo, Matsui Sake Brewery is one of the smaller breweries uh, out there in, in Kyoto. And as a result, he not only has to make the sake, he's got to do a little bit of everything. So he's 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 the everyman or the hyakusho of, of, of sake down there at Matsushizo. So George, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Justin. Great to, uh, to uh, hear from you again. I look forward to the show. I love your topic. Uh, so looking forward to, uh, to getting started here. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you did a great job with the introduction. Uh, not sure I can add too much more to that, but uh, we're looking to expand our export market. So uh, look up, be on the lookout for that. And uh, now that we're through COVID, uh, we'll be able to travel, meet distributors and that sort of thing. So uh, a lot of exciting changes coming at the brewery. Very cool, very cool. You're just about to head off to the U.S. in a in a couple of weeks. You said is is the uh, word. Yeah, I am. Yes, yeah. we'll finally be able to attend in person uh, these large uh, trade shows, uh, food and wine events. Uh, the game plan is to uh, introduce our sake and also, obviously, to uh, to meet with the uh, the business side and uh, see how we kind of get to the next step of getting our sake into the U.S. market. Very cool. Long very cool. Coming. Very cool. Yeah. So it's it's been a it's been an adventurous couple of years, I think, to to say the least. But uh, you'll have to you have to keep us posted here as to the the fruits of that labor, so that our, our listeners in the U.S. will know uh, when and where they can they can find some sake from Matsui Shuzo here in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. So today, I've asked you to bring a bit of sake vocabulary to the table. What is it that you chose for us today, George? I chose namazake. Namazake. Uh, yeah, and just for uh, the dictionary definition, nama in Japanese is raw sake. Uh, essentially, it's unpasteurized, and uh, I mean fully unpasteurized uh, sake. And uh, right now, it's it's something that uh, is available primarily from craft brewers in, in the Japanese market uh, in very very small quantities overseas. But we're looking to change that. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. I said, so yeah, yeah, you said raw. That was sort of a key point, right? And the general term of nama is like raw. If they said raw fish, you know, they would sure. use the word raw or the word nama in a lot of different contexts in Japanese. But a lot of times, and probably a lot of the listeners know, people, if they're just calling out nama, they're referring to that, that unpasteurized uh, sake in its raw state, I guess, for a lack exactly. of a better word, right? So why nama? Why did you choose that for us today? Well, I, I, it's uh, from our brewery's point of view, it's our it's our specialty. Uh, since we're, uh, as you mentioned, we're among the smallest breweries in Japan, but we pack, uh, oh, I guess we pack a bit of a bigger punch in the Kyoto market than we otherwise would given our size. But the way we've uh, outlined, or I guess kind of gotten our market niche is to focus on the, on the Namazaki. Uh, because it's something that can be sold locally and something that is fresh. Uh, a lot of customers enjoy kind of the, the, the fresh, crisp flavor of namazake. And uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And I, I thought that this would be a good venue to uh, to kind of explain what a real namazake is uh, versus what uh, can be interpreted as a nama. 
Namas broadly used in uh, in Japanese uh, sake uh, lingo, as you're well aware. There's a concept of uh, namazume, namachozo, which are actually single pasteurized sakes. But uh, we specialize in something I, I like to call nama, nama, uh, honto ni nama, true yeah. nama sake. And yeah. uh, it's, as I mentioned, something uh, unique to the small craft brewers in Japan. And a great opportunity to to taste sake in its purest, freshest form. So that's why I yeah. chose it. Very cool. Very cool. So what is it then that makes Nama unique and special? It's uh, it's essentially because you drink, uh, you can drink the sake literally as soon as we press it. Uh, in fact, we were pressing a new batch of sake just yesterday. And I had several uh, visitors to to the brewery, and had I, I told them that this sake was is less than one hour old. Uh, it will <laughs> probably be the, the the freshest sake they will ever drink in their lives. Uh, but what makes it special is, uh, you know, essentially once we press, uh, we divert it uh, into a collecting area, and then we bottle it immediately. So as soon as it leaves the press, we're bottling it. And uh, once we bottle it, whether it be in the Ishobin, like the large format 1.8 liter bottles or the uh, Yongo, the 720 milliliter bottles, uh, as soon as we complete a case, they're sent to the back room where we have an army of people putting labels on them by hand. And oftentimes they're shipped literally that day. So you can drink Amazing. our sake that we pressed that afternoon will be available in certain bars and restaurants and hotels in Kyoto that evening. So it, it, it's kind of a, a fun way of drinking sake because it's really, really fresh. And yeah. uh, the flavor profile is also very different. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you, you touched at the beginning, at the top of the show, when you were talking a little bit about your, your trip to the U.S., you were talking about, uh, you mentioned trying to bring a little bit more namazake or this fresh sake um, to the U.S. Um, and can bring it to other international markets. What, I guess... I, what are the challenges with that then? I mean, you're talking about the freshness, right? I, if in trying to maintain that, what is what when you're looking at sort of quality control, what is it that you guys take into consideration in providing a lot of Nama product? And what should maybe listeners and and happy consumers of sake um, kind of take into consideration and look for if they're looking for Nama or purchasing Nama? Yeah, I think the, uh, uh, frankly, the biggest uh, challenge is, uh, you, you touched on it, uh, you want to drink it young, uh, essentially fresh, and I, I usually define that within the first three to six months after uh, we press it. So getting it to a end market overseas uh, that quickly after pressing, uh, obviously, can, can be challenging, uh, considering what we've been through the last three years with all of these uh, supply chain issues uh, around the globe. Sure. The other issue is uh, the need to um, uh, to transport it in refrigerated containers. Uh, from that vantage point, uh, it's obviously more expensive uh, to, to do that than it is to do a pasteurized version that could be sent at uh, room temperature. So I think the combination of those two, uh, really the getting it to market quickly and the need for refrigeration, I think are, are the two biggest challenges. And it, it's not only a logistic issue, it's also a cost issue. The idea is how do we get it to market in the most cost-efficient way? And we're working with the Japanese government right now and exploring some, frankly, interesting ideas on, on how we might uh, be able to do that. 
Cool. You you'll have to share those ideas with us again when they when they come to fruition. Once you can, when once they don't if, uh, if they don't have to be concealed if they aren't secret. <laughs> yeah, it's a. <laughs> sensitive i would say rather than sure. secret but uh sure yeah, I, yes it's something that's happening in real time and uh part of the purpose of our, our new york trip is, is to meet uh, the potential uh, importers and distributors that would have the equipment if you will the trucks the refrigeration uh, etc needed to uh to kind of meet our quality uh, goals and, and what we're trying to do with uh, introducing the product into into the market very cool. That's that's super exciting. So I know it's been it's it's kept a lot of brewers that make really really great sake from venturing out into export, and it's also you know been a challenge I think for probably a lot of the end users, whether they realize it or not, that maybe they were you know coming in contact with what's inherently a really fantastic sake, but maybe wasn't delivered to them or didn't reach them in in maybe it will we'll say it reaches them in a less than ideal state <laughs> you know sure, so sure. trying trying to find ways around that absolutely i said the more if you're able to to sort that out let us know <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah as i mentioned i, I think uh, people will be a little surprised at uh, at some of the ideas that we have but uh, I, i've been intrigued and, and frankly pretty excited about some of the some of the things that we're uh, we're thinking about cool very exciting very exciting so you're uh, are you are you a namazake guy then? Uh, I absolutely am. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, one of the things that uh, I enjoy sort of explaining to customers, I think the, the key difference when you when you drink a very young namazake is uh, you still have the carbonation, so you get yeah. a kind of a fizzy fizzy sensation on the palate, which is something that you, you really just cannot uh, replicate in, in in a pasteurized sake. And uh, customers really enjoy that, and uh, but you know, but I but I assure them that uh, namazaki is not better than uh, than pasteurized. Like it's just different. Uh, it, it's something that that's really just uh, fresher, crisper, but tends to be less deep, uh, less of a mouth feel. Uh, so there are some uh, some compromises that uh, are apparent in the flavor, but uh, I enjoy it. And uh, we also do some aging of our namazaki, and uh, I have the opportunity to. Uh, to have some bottles at the brewery that uh, we can share with our customers. And, and they're really always amazed at the degree of changes uh, in a Nama uh, from uh, when, you know, you taste it when it's one hour old versus I have some, some samples in there that are eight to 10 years old and they can taste the difference and, and how much it changes over time. And I think that's what I enjoy the most that uh, every time you, uh, you open a bottle, uh, depending on the time uh, and the distance from the time it was pressed, it's going to taste different. And uh, that, that, that's the fun part of drinking Namazak. Very cool. Very cool. Do you find folks tend to be, aside from just being surprised at the difference between, say, the fresh version and that aged version, do you find they tend to be pretty receptive to that that aged version? Is that something that people are pretty excited about? Uh, yeah. Yeah, very excited about. And I often encourage them uh, if they want to do their own bottle aging. If they have the cellar space, you know, at uh, at home, uh, to 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 frankly take home a few bottles and uh, age it yourself. Uh, so you know, maybe take a half a dozen bottles and take them out every two to three years and uh, taste for yourself how how it changes over over the time frame. I think people really are intrigued. Uh, they're, they're surprised at uh, how the, the the flavor deepens. It tends to get a little bit smoother, a little bit more viscous. Uh, you get notes, uh, earthier notes, uh, more lactic notes, uh, something that's just very, very different from the, the time it's very young. 
and I think those those changes in the flavor profile, I think customers enjoy that uh, to see that uh, it's a living beverage, literally. Uh, so from that vantage point, they can see how it ages, how it decays, however you want to define it, but uh, it always seems to happen in an interesting way. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Now I'm feeling the need to to track down a bit of namazake myself here. That's uh, excellent. Excellent. George, that is perfect. I'm I'm glad I called on you for this, and I'm so glad that you picked Nama. You were clearly the man for the job. <laughs> this, worked, this worked out very nicely. Perfect, you touched on perfect, everything perfect. I, I I hoped you would. And that was that was very eloquent, and re really really great. And I think you I think you've served it up beautifully. So thank you so much for that. Perfect, sir. Thank you. No problem. No, that's perfect. I, I guess last thing, if there's uh for folks who are interested in following along with uh, Matsui Shuzo or with your sake, uh, where could our listeners go online to learn more? Well, we have a actually fairly detailed uh, web page that is now finally in English, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I can tell you because I was uh, <laughs> uh, principally involved in making that happen with a with a colleague at work. Uh, so yes, if you go to uh, matsuishuzo.com, uh, you can find uh, an English language version of our website, and uh, we update on a regular basis. And uh, my uh, my boss, our owner, is quite young, much younger than me, and. Uh, much more social media savvy than I am. So if he's on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, just about all the uh, the major uh, social media channels. Uh, so it's something very easy to uh, to follow that's of uh, that's of interest. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Excellent, George. Thanks so much for taking time out of your morning. Uh, I hope we'll we'll have to catch up with again here after you uh, get back from the U.S. and get all these. Uh, shipping logistics mysteries sorted out so that we can uh get 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 updated on your on your uh adventures uh pleasure i'd love to do that and uh <laughs> again thanks again for the invite and uh i uh hope to be back again soon very good x thanks so much and that will do it for this week's sake vocabulary session. If you have any questions about Nama, you can find us at, at Sake on Air on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can reach out to us with your questions at questions at sakeonair.com. Sake on Air is broadcast whenever possible from the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association over there at the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center, which is right there in the heart of Tokyo. The show is a production by Potsuke Productions with editing work by Mr. Frank Walter. That'll do it for this session of Sake on Air, but we'll be back with plenty more here very soon. Until then, kanpai.